0: I think the Gwintelligence podcast is better than us, especially when David Marver is on, because I learned so much from listening to it, right? Like Marver and H.J. Preller just have facts and stats and – uh, even when Chad is on, like, I feel like I learn when I listen to that podcast. You were making some I was faces, just wondering, could anyone
1: stuff. hear any of the faces I was making while you were talking? You were making some faces, <laughs> well, Please man. get me in the hot tub. <laughs> what are you worried about? Nothing. I was just making You're more faces. you saying
0: other because I'm saying other podcasts are better than ours? You think I'm sending people there? They're not, they're not putting out any episodes. No, I'm not it saying doesn't matter.
1: No, not at all. I just didn't want to get Be into that. That's a banter topic. I feel like that's
0: more of a banter topic. Again, I'm going to steal from intelligence because they made a good point here. Stop saying their name. My name is David Marver of Change of Padres. Commander of the armies of the North.
1: General of the Felix Legions. Loyal servant to the true Emperor. Padres Jagoff. Father to a murdered podcast. Husband to a murdered podcast. And I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. through the
0: thick he will wait You give yourself to him. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Good Intelligence Podcast. I am Harold James Preller joined kind of as always, by Chad, the Chamner.
1: Uh, thank you, H.J., my god. I think that might have been the first time you pronounced my handle right, too, I, while introducing me. I like my the dis-
0: chomner better. I think it sounds better.
1: That sounds like, why, why? It's like a chain chomp, like cha. Like, who? Who? No, no, just no. But, look, uh, H.J., it's great to hear the dulcet undertones of your immensely sarcastic voice. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're truly the ones carrying this podcast nowadays, now that Marver is, like, in Colombia, setting up a Bitcoin mining farm or something I'm solar not, do, do run,
0: I think that? is what I heard. Yeah. Off the grid or something, but, uh, somehow right. somehow he's able to, uh, retweet pro Hosmer, uh, tweets when he sees them, but he's unable to respond to anything relating to, uh, related to recording this podcast.
1: Right. Well, you know, as, as we just heard, uh, Mr. Gennaro say, you know, you really learn so much when, uh, when Marvel comes on, like why Hosmer isn't garbage. And, um, well, well, that's not really learning anything.
0: You know what guess, hurts the but, most? There, our beloved Corey Stewart wasn't wasn't celebrated in that in that discussion.
1: Yeah, I was actually surprised it got mentioned. I, I I'm usually expecting to be like the the other you know, the, the missed child the the, lo- the the one left out of the uh, the foursome we have going on here. I guess he's saying Corey's not smart, right? Is that the implication? Or doesn't
0: doesn't bring interesting facts to the table? I'm confused. I don't. I just don't know.
1: We'll have to we'll have to get John on or uh, you know once this is published we'll have to see what he has to say for himself.
0: Yeah, uh, not not a
1: not a great look, but at least he's admitting that we're the superior podcast.
0: Well, uh, what I've always wanted this is, what I've always wanted just in general like on the radio or, or in podcasts, is podcast wars like like Howard Stern and Opie and Anthony having callers that just attack each other all the time like Ben and Ben and Wood should have a full on attack on whoever is on 1360, assuming 1360 is still on the air. Um, like, like radio wars are great. And from what I heard in that intro, I heard a declaration of war against the Gwintelligence community. They think their Discord troops are going to stand up to us? I don't think so.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of embarrassing if you think about it. I mean, I really don't know the... Uh, like, who in Padre's Twitter are the ones paying on patreon to uh listen to you know genero and elston
0: you know oh. just like
1: regurgitate the facts well, they learn on this podcast i, I don't I, really understand i pay
0: I'm, I'm a paying customer i'm actually oh, at the, oh. i'm actually at the second level of uh, of membership actually
1: well what, what does that give you like why 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 the second level
0: um you know what i did i uh, i used to pay for dave and jeff right and then I, I hadn't listened to an episode of them since march of last year or so and uh, I realized I had continued paying them until like two weeks ago. And so I finally cut that money and just diverted Oof. it towards Hot Tub Padres because they they put out content and I need content. Like if I go for a run or a bike ride or something, like I need content, hours of content. So I appreciate it and I'm willing to pay. It's It's not that much money. It's 10 bucks a month or whatever, but.
1: Well, you also admitted to me you pre-show that you don't even listen to hot tub anymore either
0: so well no no no. i i do i do i don't they put out so much content i can't listen to all of it like it's so much and i like having a bounty of content where i don't have to search for something to listen to or or go to my like fourth tier of podcasts
1: well not like there is a fourth tier anymore as we were saying right before we started recording day the golden era podcast is dead right like even 5.5 who, in my opinion, like they're they're the podcast, the podcast. I never miss. Um, they, they can't even like like Danny's still not doing shit. Uh, and I mean, who knows what Eric? I mean, Astra, have you considered doing a pod with uh, Eric? Is that is that something that would interest you?
0: We did that one super pod on my front patio with Nick uh, from Kept Faith as well. Um, are, are you saying you didn't listen to my Brian Lawrence? Um, actually, you don't even know who Brian Lawrence is, probably. My Brian yeah, Lawrence Padres Cannon podcast.
1: Oh, I yeah, I listened to like one episode of Padres Cannon. Um, yeah, I, I, I you know. I'll be honest; I don't listen to that many podcasts now anymore. Um, you're, too now living, you're too busy living. You're too busy living
0: the high life off your Tatis coin profits.
1: Oh, it's man. I'm still a. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not quite a sextillionaire anymore because I gave away a, a few quadrillion Tatis coins, but uh, you know, it's. Man, I never, I never thought life could be this good. I, uh, you know, I really understand why, you know, you, you know, the founder of Ethereum, Vitalik, uh, whatever his name is. Yeah. You know, I, I, I understand what it's like to be, be him now. Um, it's glorious. It's the next generation of, of the world's economy. And Tatis coin is only getting ever more valuable. Uh, you know, of course, if, if the listener, you if you don't have your Tatis coin yet, number one, you should be ashamed. And number two, message me immediately. Uh, and I'll be happy to give you a very good price for
0: them. More like a uh, sexy tillionaire. Am I right, Chad?
1: Oh, oh, um, oh, H.J., you
0: me. MLB Network announced that they're going to be doing an actual Tatis documentary that will be released right after the All-Star game. And if, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an amateur investor, but my knowledge of investing tells me that Tatis coin could possibly go to the moon after that, after that kind of exposure.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I definitely think you're right. But, I mean, we like let, let's be honest. Uh, Tatis Coin is already doing great, but there, there's still room to go. I, the way I like to think about it is, you no, know, right now we're at the top of the mountain, but we're not even halfway up. Right, it, it's know? in,
0: it's still in like inner or Earth orbit. You know, it's n- it's nowhere near the moon yet. There's a lot of there's right. a lot of space between here and there. So get on while you can.
1: So make sure, yeah, everyone, uh, you know, get, also get your merch uh, with each purchase of a Tatis Coin fanny pack, uh, you get 1 billion Tatis coins. So wow. you know, make sure you get on that. But wow. when I come to Petco Park, actually, when we go see, uh, Eno in uh, North park on what, July 1st or something, uh, I'll be, I'll be sure to be rocking my Tatis coin swag. Uh, you know, you don't want to be that loser. That's not, you know, up to date with the latest style and fashion. Uh, make sure you get that fanny pack.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's marketing. That's why you have a college degree now, Chad. Um, you know, one <laughs> thing actually, <laughs> One thing about podcasting about the Padres that I've kind of learned is it's a lot easier to find topics when the team is terrible. Um, oh, it's so true. It, it's like exciting and real happy the team is good, but it doesn't make for good podcasting each episode to be like, hey, the Padres are still really great. I mean, they're playing great. Everything's good. The pitching's good. The hitting's good. We have Tatis. He's on an MVP pace. Like, well, OK, so that, that's the show. Like, there's nothing else to add on that. You can maybe do one show like that. But every week when they're playing well, it's hard to come up with new topics to talk about. And um, I kind of I kind of get why it, why it's you don't want to be repetitive. You don't want to say the same things as, as other podcasts or whatever they're talking about on old media. It's it's just it's hard sometimes. But luckily for us, the Padres aren't playing very well right now. It's it, We're back. We're back to core podcasting principles here on discussing what's wrong with the team, right?
1: Yeah, it really hasn't been that fun. Um, you know, uh, as you said, this, the just brand was built on dunking the team and, and how bad they are. Um, so I, it's it's nice to you know. It, it really when I watch the team now, I truly get like twenty sixteen vibes. It's it's been really actually you know these last couple like last week week and a half. I I can't watch the whole game. It's been pretty miserable to watch. Uh, I mean, even when like you Darvish is pitching, like sure, it's like great to watch him pitch, but it's just like, okay, half of the game is just the Padres failing, flailing about and you know striking out, uh, and then you know you will give up like one or two homers, and that's the difference in the game. And sure, like use a you know use probably the most talented pitcher on the face of the earth, but it's just not that entertaining to watch it's it's grueling i don't know have you been engaged
0: well let's talk about that because i feel like for a large portion of the season a lot of the hand wringing has been about pitching it was like uh uh, what's wrong with paddock why is he even here like send him down to triple a or it's like snell sucks and i i don't think pitching is the problem with this team at all i mean yeah, Snell could pitch a little better, but like overall, this staff is one of the best staffs in in baseball still. It's like the
1: best staff. I'm pretty sure we have the low. I mean, ERA is like you know, whatever. But it has like the lowest ERA.
0: Yeah, and, and, uh, and like uh, the I amount.
1: Mean the, the, the rotation for us, all the struggles, like we said with Paddock and Snell, and like you know, even losing Morrohone, I mean, Weathers has been actually incredible. Um, obviously Darvish has been great. Musgrove, you know, started off hot. Kind of went a little back and he's, forth. He's still he's,
0: he's well above average, around. though. Uh, you Definitely. know, e- even in the downside, like he's still well above average. Like Snell is a even as as poorly as he's pitched, like still like a four ERA pitcher. And so, yeah, and
1: I th- the bullpen I th- has been like amazing. As when when they're not pitching more innings than the starters.
0: Um, yeah. Like, I mean, did you kind of get the same thing? I felt like the, at least the first half of this season. So uh, of what's happened so far was spent talking about all the problems on pitching and how we need to get Scherzer and how, how that's the problem with this team. And I think in the past few weeks, we've kind of realized that the problem's not on the pitching side. The, the, the problem is, is very much on the offensive side of this team. Yeah. But it's,
1: it's kind of hard to say, you know, like if the, I agree. The offense, I mean, you can just look at the metrics. Like, the Padres' offense is, is, like, a little above average while the pitching staff has, like we said, been one of the best in the league. Um, but, like,
0: it's and, not and that's, like we that's... don't
1: have good offensive players, but, like, there's been so many injuries, which is not a unique thing, uh, by the way. Like, I mean, w- w- when, when we get back, okay, well, maybe not when, like, but if the Padres get all their positions, like, once Grisham comes back and Nolan comes back, you know, uh, Manny has been slumping a little bit. Myers has been really bad, actually. But, like, putting that lineup together, it's, it's a really good lineup. But there's been, like, five games in the entire season so far when we've had that, like, you know, starting nine that we imagined, the starting eight. Um, so, I mean, do you, I mean, like, who, th- th- that's the thing, you know, people talk about, oh, yeah, we need a new left fielder because Pham has been so miserable. But, I mean, Pham has been uh, one of the few good hitters. Players on the team over the past two months just behind Tatis. Uh, I mean, I, and like, I think, I think, I, I never, I never really thought Fam was going to be a long-term liability like that. Uh, he's been one of the like best offensive players in the league for most of his career. He's in a contract year, and we know how important free agency is to him. I mean, this is this is a guy you want to be playing every day. And well, and
0: the metrics supported here. that he was making solid contact. You know, he was unlucky basically. It's kind of the same yeah. when you look at Manny's you know, baseball savant stuff. He's hitting it hard. He's uh, got good exit velocity. Like, like it, on paper, it looks like he should be performing better than he is. And usually when that happens, the performance catches up to the metrics. And, and we saw that happen with Fam, and at some point that's going to happen with Manny as well. The The thing that I look at is, in the beginning of the season, I, I think Marv and I actually, like, and, and I'm pretty sure I've heard this on other podcasts, we're like, look, we're so used to this Padres lineup having – Four bona fide players, and then the entire second half of the lineup, to two thirds of the lineup, is easy outs. And it's like watching. Uh, it's it's hard to sustain rallies when your good players like Tatis get on base, and then you're relying on on subpar sure. players afterwards to to drive them in, right? Um, And we, th- I remember saying, this is different. This looks like we got real hitters one through eight. And that was, you know, assuming Kim was going to become a real hitter, which hasn't really happened all that much. But besides that, um, we're looking at, at at a situation where there are glaring holes in the lineup, even when the injuries come back, depending on, on how you feel about players like Will Myers and, and Eric Cosmer, who totally sucks. Um, so bad. So one interesting thing I saw is... I looked at uh, who had the most plate appearances on this team, and two of the four with the most plate appearances are abysmal hitters so far. Eric Hosmer is obviously in there, and Profar, are are getting the most at-bats on this team and can't hit. I'm not seeing any signs that they're that that, that they deserve that. and it's killing the line stup-
1: too. It's, it's been really perplexing, actually, some of the line choices, I think lately
0: right. and um, and I have a hard time that everyone's always like, well, they've got Dave Cameron, uh, a writer who was very, very, very often wrong when he wrote for Fangraphs before. Uh, and they're like, well, he clearly knows what he's doing. He was a writer. and uh if this is what the metrics are spitting out, to put your, one of your worst hitters in leadoff so he gets the most plate appearances, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, if Marver were here, he would probably have specific instructions on how to fix the code of the algorithms or whatever, but uh, that's not that doesn't make sense to me.
1: Well, so, so actually, then, I go back to like my original question. Like, if slash when we get Grisham and, and Nola back, I mean, Carantini's been actually... One of the better hitters, I think, for the team. But you know, once we get back to full strength, like wh- where do you actually make an upgrade offensively? Uh, okay, let, let me just preempt you by saying, obviously, Hosmer needs to list. Like, I mean, he's like even a questionable platoon player right now. Um, like, it, I think a, an infield like Cronwell should be a starting first baseman every day. He's probably the best defensive first baseman in the league. He could win two Gold Gloves. He's
0: this year. the third most valuable offensive player on this team right now.
1: Yeah, and I mean he's, I mean he's an, he's a stud. Uh, you want him to be playing more. Uh, he just doesn't have much pop, but like you know, you would think the rest of the lineup can kind of compensate for that. But so besides Osmer where where are you making like an upgrade offensively? Like where what, what kind of player are you bringing in to, to supplement and like who are you shipping out?
0: Well, I like how we just discount that the player who is literally one of the worst players in baseball, uh, who has been worth negative point four WAR in only what are we at? Like a third of the season? uh, Like that, that, that it's just an impossibility to reduce his plate appearances that he, that, that it totally makes sense that he has the second most plate appearances on this team. We can't. Well, possibly if you ask
1: some members some of Padres Twitter, uh, you know, he's well-deserving and he's, you know, he's a linchpin of the team and highly, highly productive fielder choice at bats, you know, like,
0: did you know that how, how, he had a good first two weeks of April? I've been told that a thousand times so far, that he carried the team the first two weeks of April. Well, did you know, actually, Just like you Alan Cordoba clutch. did. Did
1: you know Hosmer is clutch, actually? actually?
0: Very. Yeah. Hey, did you know he doesn't actually lead the team in batting average with runners in scoring position and his average has been falling quite a bit? But, uh, our beloved Manny Machado is the leader and most clutch player on this team.
1: Yeah, you know, um, a... Uh, a a member of Padres Twitter, uh, who I will keep nameless, but is a very, very notorious, uh, you know, Hosmer stan. Or I think I think we need a we need a more derogatory term to refer to these people that support Hosmer. But you know, he posted a chart showing how, you know, Hosmer. If you look at like WAR or other batting statistics, Hosmer is literally the worst qualified first baseman in the league. He is like 28th out of 28 qualified first basemen. Uh, but if you look at win probability added, he's actually the 8th best first baseman now. So, I mean, that's incredible, right? But uh, if you just take a look at, you know, if you just don't look at first baseman and uh, you look at the entire league of win probability added, Hosmer is 44th in the league in win probability added, which, which seems really good, right? Until you look at it a little closer you see two spots above him at number 42, Luis Urias has a higher win probability added than Eric Hosmer. Um,
0: oh no! Padres farm just his head exploded.
1: <laughs> oh god! Oh mega win. I, I, I mean, I, I don't get it. Like, win probability added is like a neat stat, but like, it's not. It's not productivity. It's not. It's not like how much you're contributing to the team. Um, and yeah, like, sure, Hosmer. I mean, if Walls was on here, I can I can hear it already. You know, um, uh, with over 4000 plate appearances in the majors, he has a statistically significantly higher uh, WRC plus in high uh, clutch or uh, high impact moments. Um, yeah, that's like cool, uh, I guess. But like you said, he's not the best on the team. And like Hosmer with his incredible shittiness in every other situation he significantly reduces the chance for those high leverage situations to come up for himself and other teammates. Like, like the MLB front offices aren't giving Luis Urias a $144 million contract uh, because of his win probability added. You get those contracts based on your, on your war, on your productivity, on your everyday contributions to the team. Uh, and Hosmer is just one of the worst in the league right now. It's, it's stunning how bad it's been. You know, we actually thought, oh, man, um, you know, last, last season, you know, he started to, his launch, launch ankle started to improve a little bit. And, you know, the Hosmer truthers were out in, in full force. Um, but, you know, this season, Hosmer's embraced being himself and is, uh trying to give back to the game. What, what, is, what was that AC article? Um, that I refused to click but oh what was uh, that all
0: about again? he said that now it's time for him to give back to the game and by that he means teaching other players <laughs> to not listen to the metrics like right. that, that's literally what he he's proselytizing to the to his teammates
1: yeah and uh and also that's right ac said that somehow Hosmer, four time glove gold glove winning Hosmer, uh somehow his defense is now being viewed as a liability
0: and so, is, so that uh, quote actually continued and said, "Because of the metrics, and the, oh, the right. hilarious thing with Hosmer's defense is, I would argue that his metrics might actually be better than what the eyeball test tells us about him, about his inability to to do fundamentals that that, you know, most little leaguers were taught at first base about stretching towards the throw, or you know, not not Swiping. bending your knee and pulling your, your glove away from where the ball is coming, totally entirely negating oh, the entire the point the of a the stretch, That's
1: yeah." A, thrown
0: directly at first base yeah not getting in front of a of a ground ball letting it kick off your glove trying to backhand it or go to your side like these are fundamentals that that don't seem to be captured in eric Hosmer's defensive play and so for me ac's article is basically like scouts and the eyeball test show that he's a gold glove first baseman but somehow the metrics are saying that he's actually bad and like uh, all of us are going off the eyeball test mostly i i imagine uh, for his defense and the eyeball test is pretty pretty poor To be honest, yeah,
1: I mean that's just obviously like fast backwards from AC there. Uh, Just a a cursory glance at Hosmer's baseball savant page, you see his Alt above averages. He's in the 80th percentile, uh, which is like obviously horseshit. Um, You know something that's I, I said this a few times on Twitter already, but it it really makes me mad how how many articles. Have we gotten on Tatis' defense and his and his you know throwing right. issues hand, and hand
0: ringing over over his concentration and and compensating for his elbow or his shoulder that's not actually the one that's injured and like uh like I mean there's so
1: much so much eyewash there and um I mean sure like Tatis gets more clicks we all know the incentives of you know uh you know shitty blog UT sports section writers have um.
0: But he but, writes about Craig. He writes features on Craig Stammen, probably the least interesting player on the team. Like he doesn't care about clicks.
1: Yeah, it, I mean it's the listen. Let's. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't talk about the UT sports section that much. It just it overwhelms me. But I, I don't understand how we don't get that many deep dives into Hosmer's performance. Um, I mean, and when we do, it's something like AC's like diarrhea of an article. Um, like, Hosmer's been a major detriment to the team. Uh, he's had a shitty attitude. Like, I mean, his leadership was supposed to be one of the big reasons why he's on the team. And are you seeing any of that? I mean, how many how many times have we seen clips of, like, Manny welcoming Kim and, like, trying to make him feel comfortable uh, or, you know, supporting other players? Like, uh, Hosmer, what does he do? He's, like, just sulking in the background, like, grounding into double plays, like and, like, you know, spreading... Vaccine misinformation. Uh, what, what kind of what, what is he actually adding to the team right now? I really don't understand, and I, I don't understand how there's no articles trying to dig into what's happening with Hosmer, um. And like, I mean, we're just being gaslighted, truly, by like Padres media, and and the team, of course, who are you know very much intercepted right now, of of like of, of Hosmer's performance and ability. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean.
0: Look, uh, at, at this point there's there's two non-compromised media sources covering the Padres, right? It's Bernie Wilson who who is general. not an editorialist and doesn't have the ability to bombastically discuss those things. I mean, he's a newsman. He's reporting the news. Um and then he's Dennis Lynn cool. who does have the ability to write. I mean, he's a beat beat writer as well, but he's he does have the ability to write features and stuff as well. And maybe he is working on something, but you know, the entire radio infrastructure in this city, the, the television news infrastructure and and the print media infrastructure is all, you know, they're not going to talk about it. Their their job is to be positive about the Padres. You think Derek Togerson is ever going to call that out? Like he doesn't want to lose his invitation to the Hall of Champions dinner every year. You know, it's it's that's that's the problem with the coverage here. And um Thank God there I mean, are. Even, thank God there are new media podcasts that are willing to speak the truth, Chad. You
1: know we're we're freedom fighters over here. Hey, So going I mean, back you're to, totally to right. like even. Oh, sorry. Uh, Go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say going back to your original question on, on like how do you fix this offense? It, it's hard to say because when, when we build in the assumption that Eric Hosmer is going to continue receiving, you know, top three plate appearances on the team, and that uh, then we can move to the next obvious topic, which is Will Myers, who has been very poor this year. I mean, he's still better than Hosmer, but uh, he's certainly not 2020 Will Myers. He's more like an amalgamation of 2015 through 2019, uh, 2015 to 2019 Will Myers. Um, And so there's that question. Would they, would they sit Will? They don't have anyone better than him probably on the bench right now. And and that's kind of one of the problems we're discovering here. I, I think when we started the season, there was a lot of talk about how this team was different. That teams like uh, teams that won had depth, and they were able to compensate for injuries. And we we have been able to on paper, like we went through that coronavirus um, period with Patrick Kivlihan and you know Ivan Castillo and stuff, and they won, right? And that's really what matters in the end. But I don't think that that was sustainable. Like um, we're finding that guys like Profar just don't have the ability to be everyday guys that you want to count on um i mean profar may we don't really know i mean all of, a lot of the assumptions that were made about going into the season were based on 60 games last year and you really can't learn that much in 60 games in 60 games alan cordobo was the top prospect like there's there's and i think maybe in the case of profar you know we had we had Myers Hosmer all of them really we had a lot of data on them before last year that kind of said who they were and be, I think we maybe we, we valued what what they did last year in, in a weird situation in a small sample too much because Profar is currently at negative 0.2 war he has the fourth most played appearances on this Not team
1: twice as good as Hosmer though
0: yeah, tw- yeah twice as good as Hosmer um Amazingly, Luis Camposano in, in in his brief time here was worth negative point six uh, WAR. So <laughs> Tukapita, wow. Marcano negative point three. Like these are these guys are not. This isn't the depth that we were we were hoping for. Yeah, but, I think, like, I think, a lot I of times when people talk about the depth, all they do is list the players. Literally list the players on the forty man roster, and they're like, "Well, I mean, we've got Marcano on the forty man. We've got all these guys and." and Okay, every team has 40 guys on the 40 man. Like it doesn't they're not doesn't mean they're good, right? I mean, yeah, no, it's the depth, it's the depth I think that's really
1: killing the team and I mean, depth in this year is more important than I think it probably has ever been in the history of MLB with how many injuries there are. I mean, we've seen it right now when we're we're having Jerks and Frofar start in center field and bat leadoff. off uh, that's
0: really bad. Look, starting in mean, center field,
1: construction issue. center
0: field I can live with. Like they had an injury, they needed to plug someone in, and there wasn't supposedly a better option. Um, but batting leadoff is inexcusable for Jerks and Profar.
1: Yeah, I really I don't understand. But well, I mean, if only we had a, you know an independent and strong media that could ask these hard hitting questions to the manager and front office members, we would have some answers here. But we don't have that. I mean, I don't know. If I had to guess, maybe it's because Profar has, like, you know, I mean, he doesn't hit, but he walks sometimes. So maybe, and the the team has been, I don't know if you noticed, but, I mean, I've been posting about this. Like, every time, every starter pitching, starting pitcher the Padres face, I mean, they get through, like, the first five innings in 65 pitches. They've had no plate discipline. They haven't been grinding out at bats. Um, They've just been, like, swinging away on the second pitch and, and grounding out or flying out. Um and, and at least Profar will take some pitches before striking out or getting weak contact. So maybe that's it. Maybe they're trying to get more pitches out out of the pitcher. But I mean, it's it's not good. It, it's it's really bad. In fact, I mean, Jorge Mateo has been. He, you know, I saw this, stat. He Jorge Mateo has like two walks in his entire career in in the MLB.
0: Two. Two. It's like like it, we used to we used to kill Hunter Renfro because he would get like. Two walks in a hundred plate appearances. Jorge Mateo has two in his entire career. <laughs>
1: I mean, Renfro. Renfro would be hugely important to the team right now. He's been pretty like uh, average for, for the Red Sox, but I mean, his defense has been better. He's like starting to get his arm under control. I mean, we'd be fine. We'd be fine with, that, that, be fine with control, average
0: though. right now. You know, like and I mean, and he
1: has power, which the, the rest of the team does not have right now at all.
0: Did you know that uh this collection of players have more offensive war than uh than Eric Cosmer and uh and Profar uh Ryan Weather's has positive <laughs> offensive war. Craig Stammon has positive offensive war. And Yu Darvish at 0 uh has is, is above them.
1: I'm surprised you just had some like decent out past lately.
0: Nick, the ball hard. Nick Ramirez has more oh offensive WAR uh, with his one plate appearance than uh, than Eric Hosmer. Uh, so look, the ah. the problems here it it's it, it it's kind of hard because when you say how do you fix this lineup, what do we add, what do we need? It's going to require tough decisions that I don't know if we're convinced they'll make. And those tough decisions are are benching guys that were recently signed for high contracts like Eric Hosmer, Will Myers, or. To be honest, uh, Hassan Kim, who has been not good hitting. Uh, in fact, all of his value has been from his, his great defense. And at the very least, with Kim, he's he's performing an important role on, on the field for the team. Um, but he's certainly, uh, you'd have to call him a hole in the lineup, right? I mean, yeah.
1: no, it's really bad.
0: I mean, uh, yeah, of the regulars, let's see, he, other than. Yeah, actually, of the regular players that we we frequently see out there, he has the lowest WRC plus of them. Um below like Webster Rivas. So um that's three holes in the lineup right there that that may not change, depending on the the, the temerity of the team and, and, and of Tingler and whoever feeds him a lineup each day. Um and, and that's a little concerning because then the only hope is that those players Defy the years, you know, I'm not including Kim here, but the, the years of track record where we kind of know who they are. And this isn't that far off from what they are, especially when you factor in that Eric Hosmer is on the decline. I mean, if you look at every aging curve, he's on the part where the steepest decline occurs. And his career really has, if you, it pretty closely tracks to what the average uh, first baseman aging curve is so far. Um, so I, I don't know what you do uh, to me. The easiest and most palatable thing is to find a right fielder that can at least split time with will in the hopes that he, he figures it out because obviously will is a guy that we want to root for. He's we, we I like him. I mean, I don't like to brag, but I have to assume he's also a, uh, top level Chick-fil-A elite status member. Like I am signature status at Chick-fil-A and, He's just a, that's chat. the kind of accomplishment that I can, I can respect in, in, in a man.
1: Yeah. You know, I wonder, um, you know, uh, Tommy, uh, you, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, T- T- uh, you know, he, he's, he's been like following Will for a long time. And I mean, it, it, there's a decent amount of evidence. I mean, like he just might be injured. I mean, we, like Will has really not, like even when Will's been really bad. He still like hit the ball hard when he's done it, but like his average exit velocity this year is way down. And I mean, would it be that surprising if he was like injured and they're just playing him every day? Because otherwise they have to put Jorge Mateo in the lineup every day. And no, but I mean, like, like we said, like the lineup or the, the depth on the team is really weak right now. And yeah. the starters, like in like not even the depth, but like the top level players also aren't performing. And that is obviously not a recipe for success. Um, so I mean, you can you can bank on some, you know, like on uh, some reversion to the mean for like these players. I mean, Hosmer is probably playing about average for the rest of his career right now. But like Myers, you would expect to come back. I mean, Manny, I, I have full faith and confidence he'll come back. Um, but then, like other than that, it's Look, not like 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 Trent Grisham. Like Trent Grisham's a superstar, I guess. Jacob Cronworth is like a high batting average guy. But like, Nola is totally unproven. Like we said, ha Kim is, you know, just a, a black hole at the plate. Um, it's, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of questions around the team right now. Well, and, look, like, uh, it's, it's,
0: a lot of the obvious improvements are coming just from guys like Trent Grisham coming back. I mean, Trent Grisham, Grisham, by the statistics, is the most valuable player on this team per plate appearance that he gets. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, just his coming back is huge for this team. I, I mean, we don't have to... Watch God awful Profar in center field anymore when he comes back, and that alone is huge. Um, look, Manny. For all the talk about how he's terrible or bad or not playing well this year, like he's on pace even at this diminished level to be a four-war player, you know, a star level performance. And that's assuming he stays on this pace. And, and I think most of our assumption is he gets better. And so I see some room for improvement for the team based off of just Manny's improvement that I have to believe is inherent and is going to come out at some point. Um, So look, the team's not as bad offensively as we're seeing um, unless they get more injuries, which I guess is entirely possible if not likely, but uh, assuming there's no injuries like the the team's offense will get better. I mean, Trent Christian losing your arguably most valuable offensive player is huge. And so when he comes back, I think that's going to have a huge impact. What is that this, this weekend they're saying? Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, don't trust anything AC says, but uh, yeah. soon, you know?
1: But but, so, but here's the problem, though, Aceh, is that, yeah, like, obviously the team, when they play up to their expectations, are a really good team, like, you know, one of the two or three best teams in the league. Uh, but, I mean, again, in a year where depth is more important than ever, uh, how is this team going to make it in the playoffs if you're having, like, you know, starting players slump? You don't have the depth to compensate for it, and you know you're you're relying on you doggers going eight innings and giving up one run, uh, and like you know hopefully Tatis hits like three home runs in a game, and then you know we win the wild card game or something against the Mets. Like that that's that's kind of where we're at right now. I mean, if like if like sure again, if the team plays up to expectations and everybody's healthy, that's not too much of a concern. But if you like kind of like, average out the different outcomes of what's going to happen with injuries, with player performances, with all these things, uh, it's kind of worrisome. I mean, especially in the division we're in. And, I mean, people have been talking a lot about is it time to take the Giants seriously? It doesn't matter because they're winning a ton. Like, the team's not in a great spot. I don't don't think they're, like, well-built to last in postseason when you're having to play the best teams in the league day after day.
0: Yeah, it's that brings me to one last thing on this. I've heard so many times, like uh, like Tingler will have a, a questionable lineup or whatever. They'll they'll have someone sitting and and some scrub in the lineup, and the response I hear on the radio usually is like, "Look, guys, no need to freak out. the The Padres aren't playing for June. They're playing for October here, and and." I think that's founded off of an assumption that the team is a hundred percent a playoff team, and I, I looked at the stand. I, I mean, they have one of the best records in baseball, but the structure of how the playoffs are this. Year, I think a lot of people think that there's expanded playoffs like there were last year again, and there's not. I mean, there's two wild card spots, and currently the Padres are holding on to the second wild card spot. But it's not like there's this huge gap between them. Like there are teams. There's two teams that are one game behind them, who in head-to-head matchups have beaten them pretty soundly. I mean, the Cubs and the Brewers are tied at 35 and 27, one game back in the wild card. And I think it's kind of. I, I don't know if that's an assumption I want to make. That look, guys, we can rest everyone now because what we're doing is playing for our October, where it's a hundred percent chance that we're going to be in the playoffs. Like I, I do want to make sure that we get in the playoffs first, and. What scares me a little bit is when we played poorly against Milwaukee, it was written off with excuses like, uh, well, you know, the Padres were unlucky. They ran into Woodruff and and their other top pitchers in that series. Um, Yet those are the pitchers we're going to go against in the playoffs also. So, like, we need to be able to beat them. Um, And some – I don't think the Cubs – I really wasn't that – on paper watching them, I I don't think that they were that – great but i guess they they're probably kind of the same where they're like you know rizzo's gonna start could has the potential to be better you know they they have kind of similar arguments on how their team could perform better but look the gap's not huge um and and there's a there there's a non-zero possibility that the padres don't make the playoffs and so i kind of dislike the lack of urgency sometimes on the need to add talent to this team because on paper they're they're they they could use a little extra, you know, a little extra padding to make sure we actually do make it into the playoffs. Like, I, I would feel good if we created some kind of cushion in the standings t- so that so that we we could actually rest players. But I, I don't think I mean, we're there right now. That
1: would be, that'd be great. No, and we're not there. But you know, it's really, I mean, the Padres are in a really unique position in that, you know, the playoffs are far from guaranteed for them, like you were saying. Uh, but, you know, baseball reference also just put out their updated World Series odds to, to win the World Series, that is. And the Padres have the highest in the league, like a 16% at, like, you know, one in six, basically, uh, which...
0: Yeah, one troubling thing with the projections, though, is, um, well, actually, the projections are projecting that the Giants aren't for real. Um, right. And, and that's which kind is, of the wild card. <laughs> that's kind of, like, the yeah. question mark in all of this, is the Giants have a better run differential than the Padres. Um, they're... They have the, let's see, the third best in baseball run. No, no, not, the, not that high. But the, the second best run differential in the National League right now. And a lot of times, run on the most basic level, run differential is generally used as a, as a measure for whether a team is for real or not. And so it is a little scary. I don't know how they're doing it. Like, I look at them on paper, and they look like they suck. And every time we play them, I make fun of their lineup. But uh, – I, I don't know. They're like the question mark here on on what what the Padres yeah, do definitely. and where the, what their standing is in all of this. So um, the, the
1: Padres. I mean, I, I I don't think the Giants are, you know, what what they look like right now. They've played, you know, about like one half of the teams of teams above five hundred. They played one half of the games uh, against above five hundred teams than the Padres have. Like the Padres have played like forty, and the and the Giants have played like twenty which is definitely a big difference um they've been having career resurgence year years out of a
0: lot of like veteran yeah crawford like, mediocre players which like I, I don't care you know how smart you think Farhan
1: Zaidi is that's just not something that happens and that sticks Ugh, like yeah. unless the giants not- are cheating big time which
0: doesn't happen uh, with eric cosmer that's for sure
1: yeah shit God, I wish Hosmer cheated. Charitable
0: to call um, him mediocre. Yeah, we'll talk about cheating and how we need to be cheating yeah. more.
1: But it's no—I don't think I don't think the drive's are screwed. But the thing is, it doesn't—it doesn't really matter what we think because if they keep pulling off wins, it's a huge problem. There's only two wildcard spots, to your point, in, in the entire National League. Only the division winner gets a guaranteed spot, um, and uh, there's plenty of other good teams in the National League. Um, that can easily claim one of the wild card spots and then, you know, the Giants pull off the second one and the, and the Padres, you know, probably being one of the better teams in the league, don't get in the playoffs. That's, that's highly realistic right now. Uh, but honestly, I, I think we also need to understand that AJ Preller is going to make some big trades.
0: Of course, yeah. It would be a, a massive,
1: massive, like, it would be a huge surprise for him to not make some big moves. Um I'm so, um, but, but I mean the thing is too we're also kind of getting to the point where this you know like we talked about our depth uh, the depth of the minor league system isn't great there too
0: has like, anyone looked at the? A big player, has anyone looked at the AAA roster it's it's sad and pathetic
1: yeah it's not good I mean, the, the, I mean I keep the best hear, I keep hearing that a we AAA anyway
0: I keep well but, the our two best prospects are AAA. hey and gore are there and I keep hearing okay, that we well, we can't possibly trade Camposano for for whatever and look the team, in my opinion, this is the year. This is the year we should be shooting for to win the World Series. Things are are kind of in place, right? Tatis is, is reasonably healthy. There's a, this question mark of whether someday he'll need surgery on his shoulder. Like, right now is when the push should be. And I, I believe that's what AJ Preller acted as in the offseason this year as well. Like, pushing his chips in, diminishing our minor league depth substantially so that we can win a World Series in 2021. And I think it would be a shame to. And Chad, you're a notorious prospect hugger. To hug on the prospects that, that that would possibly diminish our chances at winning a World Series this year. Like to me, that's an unacceptable consequence, and that's not a trade-off that I personally would would make. Yeah, no. You I don't, mean, don't, I'm gonna add, especially for Luis Campusano, who, you know, look, catching prospects are a huge question mark. Like Christian Bethencourt was like a top seventy catch. Uh, MLB prospect as well like there's a there's a huge line of these catching prospects that get some helium and are in the the top prospect rankings that become okay regulars like like Uh well like Tyler Flowers was a top top prospect that it was in trade talks for a while when he was a prospect and it was like we can't trade Tyler Flowers he's like the 25th prospect best prospect and like he's good he became a, a good above average catcher but an above-average catcher is a lot different than an above-average, uh, I don't know, shortstop or something. Like it, It's 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 different on the scale right. of value I mean, to the team, I think.
1: Yeah, and, and then you look at Austin Nola, who came out of literally nowhere to become, I mean, at least to the Padres' front office, a very valuable catcher. Yeah, uh, need I so remind you <laughs>
0: of what Austin Hedges' uh, prospect rankings were? <laughs> And so we don't need to go down
1: that again.
0: But but you make a point that there's the Padres would have to make some kind of quantity over quality. I hope some team is looking for quantity over quality. You know, there's not there's not that many ringers anymore to, to trade. Like the big names, like you have to hope yeah, I mean, someone and, believes in Tirso or Nellis and like these other you know guys that we've talked about forever, but are in the grand prospect scheme of things, kind of average under the radar prospects now
1: yeah no but but just to, to circle back on, on what you're saying before though um i totally agree I, I i certainly love my prospects that's how i first got into the, pod. It's, the only, it's the only reason i got interested in the podcast in the first place because the only thing interesting about them was was the prospects shout out to marcus um but you know you don't throw away competitive years like like this year like no matter how the division looks no matter how many, how much adversity your team faces uh, if you have a real shot to get to the playoffs and and you're a World biggest contender, as the team is is this year, you have to go in and, and you have to go in every single year you have that chance. So and I mean and again, this is not a real worry. AJ Preller and Co are are going to go all in. They right. already have.
0: Yeah. Um, I do have faith. And, I have 100% faith that AJ is working something crazy.
1: Which is also perplexing why AJ hasn't just dumped Hosmer yet. But you know, don't need to go back to that. But, but yeah, I mean the, the the team is clearly not in its finished state. I think you know there could the team could look substantially different in two months from now than than it does right now.
0: Um, sure,
1: and we'll just have to see.
0: So let's close the episode. There there has been news in in baseball this week that you know directly affects every team and all, probably many if not most of the players. Um, baseball said that they're going to crack down on foreign substances on balls that the pitchers are using basically stick stick them like or spider tag mm-hmm. whatever they're using um which you know has pretty clearly been shown to increase spin rates and, and now now there's kind of like this um it's like in the steroid era where it, everyone would look at the step stats and see people that had drastic jumps in home runs um guys like like chris hoyles or, you know there's like average players that all of a sudden hit 45 home runs they're kind of doing that with spin right now where they're looking at guys two years ago and now seeing them throwing you know 27 2800 uh, rpms on their on their fastball and there's a question on how much they're actually going to enforce there's a lot of questions in this right like how much are they actually going to enforce it um how does an umpire know uh, you know whether to go talk to the pitcher and check the ball. Um, they don't have. They don't the know
1: what, what substance is being used. Like, are, are right? Is it, they're is not it a field tests. Like, oh, this is this is a little too sticky.
0: I mean, they're not is Rapsodo she, machines. And uh, to my knowledge, I don't think they have a feed during the game to what the Rapsodo data is. So I, I don't really you know think how West
1: is looking at any computer while he's right. Umpiring. Like,
0: and and it's not like he's going to t- detect a, a four percent increase in in spin which in the course of we always hear that that that's like it's like rpms right of the of the ball um in the course of the distance from the pitcher to the plate it's not spinning 2800 times like it's spinning like 40 times and and a four percent increase in spin, right and and you know a trevor bauer-esque increase of spin is turning the ball an additional like two three times maybe in the course of, of coming to the plate. Like it's, it's undetectable to the human eye basically. So I don't really understand how the umpires are going to do this. And on a greater level, I don't care about it. Uh, I kind of think they should just let them do it. Um, I kind of think that anything that's federally legal, like any substance that's federally legal should be allowed to be ingested. And, or in this case, if the pitchers need a little a little grip, then then I I, I I don't care. But I know that there's a I know there's a pearl clutching contingent of baseball fans that think it should be totally pure and that uh, they'll definitely get rid of Spider Attack and that'll fix everything somehow. And I'm sure they won't come up with something different. Uh, yes, I, I mean,
1: I I disagree with it. I think I mean I think just like the game as is. Like what I was saying before, it's really not that entertaining to watch right now. Um, and I think like, the, the whole runner in second base uh, and the extra innings rule, that, that, that's, a good, uh, that's a solution treating a symptom of the problem that is the lack of offense and therefore extra inning games will go on to the 16th, 17th, 18th inning because you know, every you know, 35-year-old reliever is coming out there pumping a forcing fastball with one inch of vertical break. And hitters can't do anything about it. Um, you know, it's enforcement's a big problem uh, and, like, a very difficult one. I mean, I think in my ideal world, that the MLB, like, develops some kind of substance that's— uh, maybe, they, maybe they just keep it rosin. Uh, maybe they do something a little different from rosin. I mean, it shouldn't be that difficult. Teams are employing chemists of their own to develop these kind of things. Yeah, but I keep uh,
0: hearing the, the solution is, like, uh, we'll just have baseball make a stickier ball. Like, you don't think that th- someone's going to take the stickier ball and make it stickier still?
1: Well, I mean, th- or, no, that's like, the thing. If you make a provides ball, provides then rosin. You say there's no substances you can put on it, and if there's any substance in the glove or like extra on the ball that the umpire sees, that's done for the pitcher then. Um, I, th- like, I, think, I think the E, because again, enforcement's the big issue here. I think you have to make it all or none where you say there's no substance or there's only this one MLB approved substance. Anything else we see there. Like, even if the umpires can't really detect it, take the ball away, send it to a lab. It's very easy to sell them. So my, um,
0: my problem, though, is that they've done that. Like, didn't they take Trevor Bauer's balls earlier? Well, and and we heard nothing and they, of it. They, they, there was that, that,
1: well, that was just for, that was not any enforcement. That was just, like, observations, like, gather data uh, for, the, well, for, like, some report to be built.
0: So what happened with that?
1: Well, I mean, then the owners got together, like, a week ago or something, and, you know, whoever did that report Sounded the alarms and, and the MLB is going to start doing something. Uh, I mean, that's the big question, right? Yeah.
0: Trevor um, Bauer I literally mean, already... announced two years ago that he did it. Like, he didn't even keep it yeah. secret. He announced that he did it and was like, look, my spin went up.
1: <laughs> like, it's... I mean, and good for him. Good, good for him. He, he, I mean, honestly...
0: The only thing I'm mad about is that one of the... we didn't do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the best organizations in baseball. Like, who are the big three teams that everyone's, like, looking... To, to you know shit the bed or their pitchers to you know drop off a cliff because of this enforcement It's the yankees dodgers and astros some of the three most successful teams in in baseball history or at least recent baseball history uh and with you know front offices and organizations that are some of the most well respected in the game uh that are trying to win year in year out uh, these are the organizations that are you know pushing the margin of what they can get away with and doing what many would consider like the Astros literally did and cheat, you know, win, winning, like, the, hey, listen, I'll let, I'll let you go on your spiel about this, but you have to push the boundaries if you're trying to win. Uh, and you have to, I mean, and we know AJ Preller is going to do that too.
0: Yeah. But I mean, honestly, the only thing I'm mad sports. about for this whole thing is that the Padres aren't on the list of teams that had the highest increase in spin rate. <laughs> Like, are we trying to win here, or are we trying to be fun, got fun, nice guys? You know, it's – I'm – look, if Chris Gomez had taken steroids in 1998, maybe we would have won the World Series. I'm just going to say that.
1: And there's no asterisk with that, right? And there's – no... I don't see an asterisk
0: next to the 1998 Yankees, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a big problem, but I, I do – I mean i I don't think every substance should be allowed just because the just the, the game is brutal to watch right now we need more balls in play um and i think like spin rates like like artificially inflated spin rates are a major detriment to that kind of action that we need and want um i mean and i i think like underpinning all of this is how bad of a commissioner uh rob manfred is it's 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 perplexing to me truly that he's still the commissioner of baseball he doesn't seem to be a fan of the game.
0: It's at all. the same thing as Goodell. Um, I mean, he brings money it's, it's, in for ownership. That, the, yeah, so, and that's, that's what matters that's at the That's his end job, of the
1: day, and he does it. I mean, poorly, frankly. But the owners are also so out of touch that it, they they wouldn't know a good thing if it dick slapped them in the face. Like, uh, there's a lot of problems with the game, uh, but I think I think like one clear thing is that this foreign substance thing needs to needs to have some universal, uh, you know, enforcement and control. Like it's, it's just not fun to watch baseball right now as I mean, at least relatively, if not in a vacuum.
0: So just to close out the topic, I think there's a general assumption that it will hurt teams like the Dodgers, Yankees and Astros the most, if baseball actually enforces this, which I would argue is in question and, and to what level they enforce it. Um, because, uh, the entire thing happened because even though it's technically against the rules, baseball chose not to enforce it very closely, if at all. And so at that point, people just do it because it's it's like jaywalking where it's against the law. But, like, you just jaywalk because there's – you're not going to get caught or nothing's going to happen to you for it. Um, so I th- – <laughs> I think there's an assumption that it'll hurt those teams the most, right? And, and that Padres fans are like, "Well, we're definitely clean, so we're not. It's not going to affect us at all." But my, my belief is that there are players on every team, m- maybe many or most, if not all of them, are using some kind some kind of foreign substance, whether it's spider tech, or whether it's sunblock or whether it's pine tar or rosin or whatever. Like there are substances that are technically not allowed to be used that are probably being used. Craig Stammen goes to his hat every pitch. Um. So, I mean, you Darvish has been
1: pretty unambiguous about his views. About sure.
0: Yeah. Joe Musgrove I mean, it, had a massive increase in, in spin two years ago on his most important pitches, which also coincided with his rise as an above-average to to great pitcher, and and so. I think there's like, oh well, it'll definitely help the Padres. Like they could probably gain two or three games in the standings on them after this happens. But it's going to hurt every team, you know, not just the Padres, not just the Dodgers. Like I think there's going to be a universal um, decrease in pitching performance, assuming there is actual great. means of enforcement.
1: I mean, I'm I'm very happy about that. I, I think it's I think it's great. Uh, I think good offense is much more entertaining to watch than good pitching, but. I mean, I am, I'll be, I mean, I'm very looking forward to seeing Clayton Kershaw get absolutely pummeled now that his of all play,
0: Of all players, fast. though, uh, everyone focuses on Bauer, but Bauer's still going to be a good to very good pitcher. Yeah. Um, w- w- you know, if his spin drops 100 RPMs, but Kershaw had the big... Kershaw. Kershaw looked right on the edge. Kershaw looked like he was cooked, and he could go back to looking like he's cooked, and that's I mean, that, I guess that to me, that's the biggest potential impact to what could help the Padres is if Kershaw implodes because of it. But I, I don't know; he's a Hall of Famer, so maybe he, yeah, you know, uh, we're probably underestimating him when, when we say that, you know, it's just Spider tack that that causes resurgence. But
1: any place for the Dodgers, maybe they'll figure something else out.
0: Yeah, I know. Why don't we have so- like we should have some wing at UCSD, like the the Ron Fowler. <laughs> astrophysics wing that that's studying ball flight and way and stub substances and stuff like that. In my opinion, that's where that's where we should be putting Eric Hosman's money.
1: Yeah, cheater in chief in the uh, front office. Bad.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, science. We, it's been a common theme on this podcast. We need a, a sign language interpreter of some kind, a code breaker. Um, and now this, so, um, Chad, it's been a pleasure. Of course. It always is. Always. You
1: know. Yeah. Especially when we have very rational uh, agreements on like how terrible Hosmer is without any gaslighting coming from Marvur. Uh yeah, thanks
0: for uh I, you know, know. I part yeah. of me thinks that the pro Hosmer contingent, the 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 stand for him under any circumstance group is they're just doing a bit and it's a funny bit. I just like to laugh at it. It is funny. Our uh, beloved I Rich think, Roberts I, I, I always get a good it. I get a good snicker out of his, his Hosmer defense.
1: It gets, I mean, I, I. it gets me at the very least. I, I get into it. Um, I mean, hey, that's part of the fun, right, of, of being a fan. And yeah. like, I, I purposefully try to be quite reactionary on Twitter just because that's definitely the, the most entertaining way to, to be a
0: fan. Yeah, I always I, side with used, chaos. Uh, <laughs> Whichever side leads to chaos on Twitter is, is where I'm at, I think. Uh, but uh,
1: yeah, it's good stuff. Great talking to you, HJ. Um, you know, I want to I want to make clear to everyone who's been, um, you know, uncertain about this that uh, it really has been your fault that we haven't had more podcasts. Like, you need to step it up uh, and you know be more proactive in getting people to come together in pod. Uh, so you're you're welcome for setting this up.
0: What my daily my daily group messages of of uh, so podcast question mark isn't good enough.
1: I think I think uh you know Marver's once a month check in is uh you know re- really helps rallying the troops more than that. So
0: well rallying the troops is what yeah. we need right now with their new war against Padre's hot tub. So so hopefully yeah, hopefully that gives Marver the proper monetizing this. We're never going to. Monetizing's n- not interested.
1: Why? What are you talking about? What, what, this is you're you're the points guy. This is, this is free value. This is free real estate you're leaving on the table. What, what's your
0: problem? I don't know. I don't want to monetize it. I don't feel a need. <laughs> Monetizing is the first step towards selling out. And the whole thing of, of this podcast has been uh, unmotivated by money and uh, unbuyable, which is what Mike D found when he tried to buy me by offering me uh, dugout club seats, which I declined.
1: The, the, the low, low price of uh, $150.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can't be bought. Look, we can't be bought here.
1: Oh, I do, I do want to say, though, uh, speaking of selling out, or not really, but uh, look, there's, been a, there's obviously been a dearth of Padres content in the uh, Padres social media sphere. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm officially announcing that I'm going to start uh, hosting Twitch live stream watch parties of Padres games that uh you know i'm not gonna like uh, i can't like show the actual game on the live stream because you know i'll have uh <laughs> i was gonna say uh you know wayne Hart's hello breathing down my neck but he's out of the picture now uh but but you know just be a good place for us to all hang out talk about the game you know get into heated debates about how shitty osmer is uh so stay tuned about that it should be it should be a good time you you'll, you'll turn in tune in right hj
0: um i can download twitch i guess <laughs>
1: download twitch
0: oh god <laughs> maybe not <laughs> look twitter's fine i don't need another tool like i have twitter already there's a already nice, a discussion no, no, no. No, on this twitter is new
1: media no twitch is new media you, you think podcasts are new media no 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 podcasts are for boomers why don't you twitch just use twitter spaces no
0: <laughs> all right good all right chad i enjoy the plug we'll be looking out for your work coming up uh <laughs> Look, the Padres, are, are, they're doing fine. They're going to come back, hopefully, and otherwise we'll have more content for the next podcast, right? So let's see how they do this weekend uh, against, oh, God, against DeGrom tonight, so DeGrom we'll, tonight. we'll see. <laughs> uh, things are going to turn <laughs> around. So uh, once again, for the Intelligence podcast, I'm H.J. Preller, Harold James Preller, uh, saying go Padres.
1: Hey, go Padres.